You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB, like us on Facebook, or go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes, your podcast listen of choice. Also a reminder, make sure you're following our women's basketball coverage at The Summit, Summit Hoops, two T's in honor of Pat, summithoops.com. Uh, you are 24-7, 365 home for women's basketball, except for leap years, and we are 24-7, 366. We will not take February 29th off. And somebody who doesn't take February 29th off or any other day, uh, someone we're honored to have on the program, uh, one of our favorites, one of yours as well, Stephanie Dolson for the Chicago Sky. Steph, thank you so much for being with us. No, thank you for having me. Uh, please. Thanks for talking. Well, the... the place I'd love to start talking is about how you came from what is not a basketball hotbed, and I say that as someone who's uh, just down uh, the tracks from you on the Port Jervis line, but what was it that brought you to the game and made you first fall in love with the game of basketball? Um, I'd say my father. He coached me when I was younger. Um, You know, I had two older sisters who aren't the most athletic people in the world, but we all played sports growing up, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they just kind of pushed me to, you know, play sports, play basketball, volleyball, softball growing up. Um, and then once I realized that I really fit in with basketball, I just kind of stopped the other ones and kept going, played on a team in New York City, and then kind of went from there. Now, I know you were very tall early on. Uh, I think, weren't you over six feet by the eighth grade? I was. I was six, three and a half by eighth grade. So as as the father of a daughter in the 99th percentile for height, uh, who would like to encourage but not over-encourage, do you have any recommendations for the best way to approach such things for uh, parents (laughs) parents of tall daughters? Um, I don't know. I would say to get them into multiple sports. You know, Mm -hmm. don't like push them on one sport just get them active out there, see what they like, and then let them choose ultimately which one they like the most. That's yes. what my parents did with me. So. Yeah. Excellent advice. Okay. I, I, and I, <laughs> I, will, I will take your advice 100% then. So <laughs> when you make the transition to UConn and spend your time there, I just wonder, there's so much of the building of an individual's brand uh, and awareness of an athlete on the women's side that has to come directly from you because of the gap in coverage between men's and women's sports. Do you think, you know, leaving aside the, the obvious ways in which playing for Gina Oriema helps you on the court, do you think that having so much media attention and spending so much time doing that in college has helped you to build in the pros? Is it something you're as good at as any player in the game? Um... Yes and no. I think for me personally, like, I just have, like, an outgoing person- personality, so I don't mind talking to media or, like, talking to people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but UConn, I mean, yeah, there was definitely a lot of media. Um, it teaches you how to be a professional, but not only that, but he teaches you how to be a professional, you know, TV especially, hmm. making sure you're always, <clears throat> you know, standing up when the media is talking to you, you know, being respectful, um, and all that stuff, and I think that helped a lot, you know, with the transition from college to the professionals, because professionals, no one 
no one helps you, you know? You're you're a professional, you, you act like that, and, um, you know, you, you're mature with the media, and you just got to learn to build your brand. So did you find that that transition was, A, easy for you, and B, did you, have you been in a position, both in Washington and in Chicago, of being able to help teammates uh, who probably didn't come from a college program that had the type of media attention UConn has? Um, I mean, not really. I haven't, like, helped anyone, but I did find it easy to, you know, transition from UConn to, um, to the media and the WNBA just because, like I said, I'm pretty comfortable with talking to people. Um, anyone who knows me knows that. So I just try to stay, you know, happy, lively, and willing to talk to anyone. So I had a really interesting conversation after a regional that uh, UConn played in this year. Somebody who was surprised by the number of basketball questions, how many reporters were prepared with basketball-specific questions for the UConn team. And I wonder whether you find that there was a gap between that, specifically the kind of questions and the level of questions that you would get at UConn and the type of questions that are routinely asked uh, at media markets uh, around the professional game? Not that I noticed. I don't think so. Well, I don't know. That, that, I've never really thought about it, honestly. And sure. when, when I'm like being talked to, I don't know, I don't, I don't think about those things. Understood. Fair enough. I, it's that's for us to obsess over, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, of course. So let's talk about some of the X's and O's. Uh, your breakout season in 2015, making an All Star game. Uh, it, you put up numbers uh, among the best in the league in a variety of ways. Uh, your uh, defensive rating was uh, top ten in the league. Uh, your ability to protect around the basket was really significant. But also, you introduced the three-point shot. I remember having a conversation with you near the end of 2015 where you were hoping to bring the three-point shot in even more uh, coming mm-hmm. up in 2016. That didn't really bear out. And, and I'm wondering sort of how, how you view that and what you view as the state of your perimeter shooting as of right now. <laughs> um, it's very good. I have been working on it nonstop. Um, I make sure I get some shots up before or after practice with three three pointers, just because, especially um, you know, on this team, I'm doing a lot of pick and pops, and I want to, you know, create a lot of space on the court. So, listen, I have, I think, a decently good green light to shoot it. So, um, you know, last year I think I was a little timid coming off of you know the the season before. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, so I think this year I'm more so going into it with outputting pressure on myself and just, you know, playing how I know I can play. And so playing how you know you can play, it's interesting because you talk about the pick and pop, and there's been a lot of discussion uh, at the Summit and lots of other places uh, about the size of this lineup and essentially trying to figure out who plays where and who does what. And on the offensive end, it seems to me, this is something you're very familiar with, having played uh, with Emma uh, as, you know, a mm-hmm. fellow big. How valuable yeah. has that been and how easy has that made the transition to be able to play within the flow of another <laughs> offense like that with other bigs? Yeah, it's actually been really easy. Um, you know, I have, like you said, playing with Emma, the two of us were both pretty... Um, 
not to say similar in stature, but we're kind of the same size. Um, I'm a little bit stronger, but she's a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we did a lot of that in, in D.C. with the pick and pops, pick and rolls, just kind of mixing it up. So for me, it was a pretty easy, you know, transition to, to come to this team and play with Imani is a big... It's still a little weird to not be the tallest on the team. <laughs> but, you know, I'm enjoying it, and uh, being able to kind of add some stuff to my game has been, been fun, too. Is this the first time you're not the tallest on your team? At any level? Ah, yes. This is the first time. Um, I've never not been the tallest. Even when we ran out for our first game the other day, I was waiting for everyone to go in front of me, and then all of a sudden... I was like, wait a second, who's missing? And I turned around and someone standing behind me. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I'm really not the tallest. She's like, nope, go Steph. I was like, sorry. No. Well, but it's fun. Yeah, of course. And, and it, of course, presents some options as well. I, on the defensive side of things, how has that been shaking out so far when you uh, have these conversations preliminarily uh, you know, with Amber about it? How much of the time are you guarding fours? How much of the time is Imani guarding fours? And, you, you know, how, how has that transition been for you in terms of you talked about learning new things and adding to your game as well? Yeah, um, at first it was a little um, intimidating, I'm not going to lie. You know, as a usual five, I um, didn't always guard the fours. So there's a lot of new players that I have to scout extra. You know, I watch a lot of film on them because. I haven't really guarded them for a full game before. So it's a fun challenge for me, though, because, you know, I like to add new things to my games. I like to be more versatile. So it's, it started as a challenge, but I'm definitely embracing it. Um, you know, I've been guarding more of the fours, but it all depends on matchups, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Amani's longer, so if there's a four that, you know, she has a better chance of stopping or making the, the player take difficult shots, I think we definitely go with that, and if a five is a little bit stronger, then I'll take that person. So it all depends, but it's it's fun to make it uh, it makes it more interesting. You know, teams won't know who we're going to match up with. And so, what did you think? You know, it's real early, I know, uh, and you were playing without your primary ball handler uh, in Courtney Vandersloot, uh, which I think helps explain 23 turnovers in the first game. But to go up that big and match up the way you guys did against Minnesota, you know, even having someone like Jessica Breland at a win position, was was it working the way you had envisioned and the way uh, Coach was describing it uh, right out of the gate, or is there really just some specifics where there's work in progress? Yeah, I mean, we're a new team. I mean, almost half of us are, are new um, to Chicago Sky. So we know there's going to be growing pains. We know, you know, we got to work on um, our ball movement, how to read each other on offense. And I think that's, you know, um, can equate to why we had so many turnovers. You know, we're, we're learning to play with each other. And um, a lot of them were aggressive turnovers. So, you know, Coach Docks wasn't, wasn't mad about it, but we're making plays. So that's what matters. Um, you know, we've just we've been practicing really hard, and we're taking it day by day. Um, and at this point, you know, the Minnesota game happened, but we got to move on, and we're already, you know, preparing for Atlanta on Friday. And so, specific to the defense, and I'm, I, I know this was something that was a key element of your All Star season uh, in 2015. Uh, according to Synergy, you were the very most efficient in the league on putbacks, on offensive rebounds. 
are you disproportionately crashing the boards in situations like that? And is that a big part of the defensive strategy to be able to leverage that length into additional possessions that way? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I've never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, of course. I mean, it actually helps being at the four now on defense because, um, you know, you start a little bit further from the basket, which gives me a little bit of a running start. Mm-hmm. Um, so defensively, you know, I get in and get, um, you know, defensive rebounds, but then offensively, same thing. I'm kind of picking and popping more so I can kind of run in from the top and hopefully get some offensive rebounds. But, uh, shoot, with Imani, she gets all those rebounds. So I'm just like, go rebound. <laughs> let her, her long arms get those. And and obviously having her as as a fellow rim protector takes some of the pressure off as well, I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we are, believe me, um, we are focusing a lot on one-on-one defense, so we're not relying on Armani or um, any of that, but it definitely helps to know that you have 6'7", um, you know, behind your back, so... I'm sure. And then the last part of it is just the pace that you think you guys are going to end up running. I know in D.C. there was a lot of up and down, and I'm wondering to what extent that is something that is a significant part of the plan, you know, off of the defensive boards, off of uh, getting those possessions started quickly. Do you, do you see you guys running uh, more than uh, you did last year in D.C., or, or is that something where the half-court set is better for you guys to be able to uh, utilize your length? Um, no, I think we definitely want to run. I mean, in practice, we've been practicing running and um, our transition offense, getting over and Oh, Steph, I'm sorry. You, you were just fading in and out on me again on that answer. Hello? Yeah, now I got you. Now now we're fine. Go ahead. Oh, that's so weird. Um, yeah, uh, we are definitely um, focusing on running in practice. We've been playing a lot of transition offense, um, you know, getting the rebound and just going, uh, setting early drags and everything. And I know Coach Docs wants us to run, and we have a team that really likes to run. You know, Cappy, whether she's at the one or the two, you know, we get the rebound and we throw it to her, she's off, and then she's quick. So, we got to keep up with her as post, and um, it makes it a lot more fun. When you think about this team in terms of the total lead structure this year, it seems to me there are a lot of experiments going on, right? You guys are experimenting with going bigger than we've ever seen before, even relative to L.A., who you know won the title last year. You see San Antonio going smaller than we've usually seen with that three-guard set. In Washington, they mm-hmm. just are flat-out talking about positionless basketball. Do you think this is, number one, an evolution of the lead, and number two, uh, when I spoke to Elena Deladon about this, what she talked about was it was fewer sets and more read and react uh, the way Gino does at USA Basketball, and of course, as you saw uh, at UConn. Do you think that UConn and their success is contributing to that evolution now here at the pro level? Um, I don't know. But I, I mean, it has to have some, uh, you know, effect on it. I think people see the success that UConn has, and you know, you want to try to create something along those lines. Um, you know, this is a different league, so obviously you have different players and um, different people with different talents. But I think whenever you see something that's successful, you know, you want to try to. 
create that as much as you can. Um, so it's definitely it's fun to see all these different types of teams that are being created and um, you know that are playing this year. So I think it's going to be one of the more exciting and interesting uh, seasons and competitive. I think every team is competitive, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I agree. And you're right, different different personnel, but one or two UConn players have made the leap if memory serves, so there is some overlap yeah. between the two, to be sure. Uh, I, I want to talk sure. about something, uh, obviously the most important thing that we're going to get to today, and, and that's pizza. And I really want to know, at this point, uh, having spent a significant part of your college life in Connecticut, which makes claims about being some of the best pizza around, Chicago's very significantly uh, prideful when it comes to their own type of pizza. Uh, what kind mm-hmm. of insight can you give us into what you've seen so far? And uh, without trying to alienate uh, your new fans, uh, you know, do you have a <laughs> preference as far as this goes? Honestly, I don't. Okay, so I actually just tried it for the first time last night, mm-hmm. and, pizza, and it was really good. Like, it was phenomenal. So... I don't, I can't say I have a preference, though. Mm-hmm. I love all pizza. And it's just, it's a problem of mine. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not like a bad problem to have. I no. love New York pizza, I love Chicago, and I love Connecticut. Uh, so. it's, it, it, it's a way to properly enjoy life. How I've always argument, uh, argued this is that there are three separate dishes, and I think it's not right to compare. Do you, do you feel that that's an accurate exactly. way? Yes, Absolutely. Well, I, 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 listen, I, I, I'm jealous and envious that you get to do uh, have uh, Chicago pizza on a regular basis. I wish you all the best of luck with it, of course. Let's talk about <laughs> you. your long-term goals and, and, and maybe move beyond even the pizza conversation, uh, unfortunately, obviously. But uh, <laughs> in, in terms of basketball and where you see yourself, you know, someone who's already been a national champion, someone who's already been an all-star, when you think about the next five years of your career, what do you see as the biggest, most important evolutions on the court? Hmm, gosh. I don't know. I try to just think, I just try to think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. Understood. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, in the next five years, I mean, A, I want to win a championship. B, um, you know, I just want to keep adding to my game. You know, I never want to stop, um, you know, uh, getting better as a player, learning from other players. It's been a great part to kind of switch teams. You know, I, I have so many new players that I'm learning from and, you know, taking things from leadership skills from Cappy and, you know, how to be aggressive from TY. And it's just been fun to to learn more things from these players. So in the next five years, I mean, I just want to keep, keep doing that, you know, keep getting better, keep getting stronger. Um, you know, I like to think that I'm hitting my prime, so I got to, you know, take advantage of it. Understood. And and in terms of USA basketball, you know, you haven't been in camp last year for it. Is that on your radar? Is that something that is a goal within this period of time for you as well? Absolutely. Um, It's always a goal of mine. You know, I want to, I would love to make an Olympic team. And, you know, I just got to keep working on my game and staying in shape and making sure I, I never settle with where I am and, Hopefully that and my wonderful personality will help me get on. I, I, I would imagine so. And, and let's speak to that as well before we wrap up here, which is, 
you know, the, the W picked you to take over Snapchat for a day, for instance. You are extremely active on social media. And I wonder whether you have a, an overriding sense of how you want to relate to fans and how important you think that is uh, in a world where, quite frankly, uh, women's basketball gets a small percentage of the total sports media pie as of right now. Yeah, I mean, like you were talking about before, obviously, you know, when you compare us to the NBA and the men, we don't have as much excitement, if you will, when it comes to the game. You know, we can't alley-oop dunk it, you know, can't do, I mean, some players can do, like, behind-the-back stuff, but I can't. Um, so we have to use other things to, you know, make fans enjoy coming to the game, you know, um, that has to do with kind of letting them into who we are and, showing them, you know, more of our personality, you know, getting them excited to come to the game because they feel like they know us. Um, and that's something that I, that I try to do. Um, you know, I want my fans to, to feel like they know me and understand my personality. I'm pretty much an open book. So, you know, whenever media is asking, like, what's something that no one knows about you? I'm like, most people know everything about me. So <laughs> I just try to keep it open, you know, keep it fun, light, because uh, at the end of the day, it is, it is just a game. Well, it, it is appreciated, and I know it has a positive impact on the league because uh, I took my older daughter to her first WNBA game, and uh, it was a game when you were with the Mystics, and it made an immediate impression. Your game made an immediate impression as well. So it's clearly well, working you. across the board. Well, Stephanie Dolson, a pleasure to talk to you always, and really excited for your season in Chicago and wishing you all the best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And to our listeners, just a reminder to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB, like us on Facebook, or rate and review us on iTunes, your podcast listen of choice. Make sure you go to SummitHoops.com for 24-7 basketball coverage of the women's game. I'm Howard Megdahl, wishing you a wonderful day.